Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Everybody, we're back for another week of Tis the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive all year long. I'm Julia. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. And I'm Jerry. Jerry! Jerry's here. <laughs> I love when there's a fourth voice. It's so fun having friends over. It's not just Jerry, it's Jerry Davila from Totally Rad Christmas. Or uh, Tom's is better. Totally Rad Christmas. <laughs> it's Jerry D. Some totally rad Christmas. <laughs> when was the last time you were on the show, Jerry? I feel like it's been a minute. It has been a minute, like officially. I think uh, my last official one was. Um, oof. Oh, I guess you were technically on our on Christmas in July one. That's April true. April Fools would have been the last official one, I guess. Yeah. Has it been that long? That's what she said. <laughs> oh lord um but uh, you've been on a ton of patreon content lately that is true but I yes i guess not the main feed well Speaking of listeners which, who are not on patreon you're in for a treat tonight oh when shucks. we were recording our halloween patreon episode jerry and todd were playing tis the podcast bingo seeing how many tropes could uh <laughs> be ticked That's off in that recording even though it was just me on the <laughs> of the elves who won? i think i almost got a bingo Oh, <laughs> we we got a tis a podcast. We got a that's what she said. That's we got a said. trolling Tom. We got Batman. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We uh, let's see. I did that one with you, and then I was also on the uh, Freddy, Freddy and Jason one, and then we did Batman, of course, and the the uh, Rankin Bass one. So we've done quite a few. We have. We've had a lot of fun. Well, it's nice having you back on the main on the main feed, and for a movie, I think you picked. I did, yeah. This was, uh, funnily enough, this is the movie we were going to do last year until uh, I, I came to my senses and realized I had to jump on the Avengers-style crossover that is uh, Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July. Um, but because I do have a ton of nostalgia for this one, which I'll get into later on when we go through histories, um, I, I went ahead and picked it this year. Plus, I had to get back at you guys for not putting Home Alone in the top 10. I hear a lot. I put it in my top 10. Yeah, it's Personal only one of us. How how was everybody's weeks? The long pause well, is so uh, indicative of how everybody's weeks um, are. It's, it's, <laughs> I've been in here pretty much, uh, so I did test positive for the coronavirus, and I've been isolated for the last ten days, and so my week has been pretty much the same. Uh, there's no books in really in here except for like one that I've read already, so it's pretty much just. Uh, <laughs> exercise as much as i can because there's nothing else to do so. <laughs> what book is it jerry is it a good one at least it's this one right here let's see oh 
home. Choose your own adventure I home in those. time for Christmas. <laughs> Love those books. Yep, choose your it's own the uh, Choose Your Own Adventure Christmas book that uh, Jason Rhodes and uh, Chris from uh, Christmas Time in the City uh, also got, and uh, they're going to come on the show and we're going to review Choose Your Own Adventure in particular, in general, but that book in particular. So. So, so have you read it so many seven, times you've done every combination? I have done every point? combo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> I swear so there were some combos in mine I never got to, and I could never figure out how. I had this really cool one about uh, vampires from space, but I always ended up dying. <laughs> so, that's that's oh, probably well. how it ends with vampires from space. Well, yeah, pretty much. And it's like, in order to save everyone, you have to like open the bay doors, um, you know, the, the, the sun shield or whatever. And then the sun like just kills them. But of course you're also so close that it kills you too, or something like that. It was, it was interesting, but yeah. I mean, the way 2020 is going, I feel like (laughs) September is going to bring us vampires in space. That's the next big challenge for the planet. (laughs) Could be. I think Galactus is on his way. (laughs) <laughs> Tom, how are you feeling? You're sideways, well, and you're in a different background than I usually see. I am. As I'm approaching my 39th birthday, I'm also approaching old man diseases. Oh. Been battling gout. And hey, have been I pride myself on being young, and I suffer from that too, so do not call that an old man disease. <laughs> Anthony, the only thing not old man about you is your age. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what the <laughs> does that mean? You're an old man in Anthony's body. <laughs> I mean, seriously, when you buy a house, you're gonna be sitting on your porch waving things at kids, telling them to get off your yacht, off your lawn. That's what a hundred percent going to be me. We were at the beach on Friday, me and Sarah, and we saw this old couple walking along, clearly retired. The man was like so old though. And the, and the wife was pointing out how beautiful it was. And he was like, eh, it's too windy. And he was doing all these complaints while the wife was going on and on. And I joked with Sarah, that's going to be me and you. And Sarah's like, it's already me and you. <laughs> I, I pulled an old man though in my yard. I was outside um, pre-debilitating pain and doing mulch and a car went like screeching down the street too fast. And so I'm out there yelling and waving my fist, slow down, we have kids here. (laughs) And I just thought, oh my God, I'm my dad. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Julia? I'm doing good. Well, day two when we're recording this of virtual learning for my kids and they're adjusting really well. Surprisingly enough, they have teachers they really like and they're doing some really cool subject matter this year, my two high schoolers are, that I'm even excited about. As a matter of fact, one of them, I think it was Hannah's new history teacher, opened up the class the first day by playing a YouTube video that was a song about the bubonic plague and the other plagues that were around at the same time set to Gwen Stefani's um, what's the song with the B A N A N A S? Bananas. Except it was it's bananas. B A N A. But it was B U B O N I C. This plague is bubonic. B U B O N I C. And I'm like, your teacher is awesome. But it was like coolest thing ever. So um, it's going a lot better than we thought. Um, we're also kind of roll with the punches, people. So these I am not that kind of person. Yeah. 
Most well, of, that's most stuck of in my head now. <laughs> yep, you're welcome. It was for me too. And I'll never hear that song the same way again. Um, so it's been a good week. And I'm here with y'all on a Tuesday night. All of y'alls, Jerry uh, included. I have to ask, since Jerry is on tonight's show, what did everyone think of the Batman trailer? It was really good. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I wasn't like... <gasps> You know, like a lot of people were. Um, I like the action, like when he was beating up that uh, clown goon. It reminded me a lot of uh, Daredevil show. Like yep. they totally ripped off Daredevil. But it's awesome because Daredevil ripped off Batman anyway. So it's all, you know, it's here and there. Um, but I think Jeffrey Wright's going to be amazing. Uh, oh what's his gosh. name? Colin Farrell as the Penguins. Also Looked unrecognizable. Yeah, That exactly. one's going to be amazing. So, so that's who he really was? I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, Colin Farrell was in there. I saw his name build and I'm like, I totally missed it. Maybe he wasn't in the trailer. Oh, I need to rewatch I'm, I'm, I'm going to send you a screen cap right now. Yeah, but I'm... the, the uh, makeup artist confirmed it is actually him. It's him. <laughs> he had to confirm it because people didn't believe. <laughs> okay, so which villains are in this? I know Catwoman sometimes villain, sometimes not villain. So I don't really count her. I know she's in it anyway. The Riddler. So the... Catwoman. Okay, so Riddler, there is the Riddler. So there's a bunch of question marks. And I was like, yep. that means the Riddler's in it. Possibly, um, was it Maroney? I think maybe might be in it. Um, yep, he's in it. Penguin. So, so I'm just gonna tell but you. Yeah, right it looked now. it looked amazing. So I'm, I can't wait. I, I still hate uh, Robert Pattinson's hair. I think it was too long for Batman. Oh, it is too long. Right? Yeah, it's, it's just too, too, it's too like turn of the century the, hair. Yeah, it's the yeah, wrong yeah, early two thousands. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fit like nowadays. But uh, I don't think so either. But yeah, I thought it was I thought it was great. So um, I think uh, Matt Reeves is going to do something pretty special. Uh, when Batman beat the crap out of that goon, I was, that was awesome. Okay. So I am the one person in this stack of four pictures that is not a huge Batman fan. Like I like Batman, but I'm just, I'm not as You will be after you do are. the long Halloween with us. I <laughs> fully believe. And I know that will be true. So I don't know much about history of, but this Batman trailer was kind of like what they did with James Bond pre-Daniel Craig versus post, right? Like the Daniel Craig era where pre-Daniel Craig, James Bond, I still really liked it, but it was kind of like cartoony, right? And fun and jaunty, right? And ha and so funny. But then like once you get after Daniel, like Daniel Craig, James Bond was like real and gritty. And that's what this seemed like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am super excited about that. And that's with only 25% of the film shot. So the fact that Mm -hmm. he was able to put a trailer like that together, pretty awesome. I'm still nervous. About what? Pattinson. I mean, I love his Batman voice. His Batman voice is better than Bale's growl was when he said, (laughs) I'm vengeance. Yeah, it was, you could understand him a lot better. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm worried about my level of Pattinson obsession returning in a very unhealthy way. Right Were now? you one of those patented obsessed? Oh, Twilight yeah. <laughs> it was totally the age for it, which is also why I'm blushing because I'm thinking when, about it right now and reliving it. When I, when I went to Twilight page. opening day with Damn. my close girlfriends in uni, like in the movie theater, I was the only guy. It was the most uncomfortable experience because there was this middle-aged woman sitting to the side of us. She had a framed picture of Robert Pattinson in her lap. And I'm I'm hungover from the night before and I'm just sitting there, all these cheering like women. There was maybe one other poor sap with a girlfriend up in the back. And I'm like just sitting there like, this is miserable. 
She had a framed picture. A framed picture of Robert Pattinson mm. sitting in her lap. Pretty That's yucky. My takeaway from that is that Anthony said uni. I was this is America, Anthony. We don't say that uni. Like, what is he talking about? And then I had to figure it out. Oh, uni. <laughs> to, to, to quote Ron Swanson, history began in 1776. Everything before that was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so disco and i on uh on discord we're talking about if parks and rec had a christmas carol special and ron swanson would be scrooge so we were trying to figure out like who the others would be and of course we said well april had to be like ghost of christmas future you know and andy would have to be ghost of christmas present and uh and then i think hot dog asked about like who jeremy jam would be or something like that and so like <laughs> oh yeah old joe at the end you know Try to buy the, buy the bed gowns and all that stuff. The the, <laughs> the curtains, bed curtains. Oh, he so would be. Um. Anyway, so we didn't flesh it out totally. We were just kind of joking. I was like, I need this. I need to see this. It would be so awesome. You know, Ebenezer Swanson or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. I would totally watch that. I would too. Yeah. If America would get on board and start doing Christmas specials from the shows we love. Right. So, mm, all listeners. This week, we are talking about the 1991 comedy, family, romance, All I Want for Christmas. Um, Jerry picked this movie. so Thanks a lot, Jerry. A You're welcome. This is why you peak. haven't been on the show since April. Let's start with histories, and then we'll dig into the people in it. And Jerry, you get to go first. So Yay. what's your history with this movie? So I saw this in the theater with my aunt. Um, I... My mom I was getting ready for to do some Christmas shopping, so my aunt was gonna take she took all my brothers and I out. We brought McDonald's into the theater. Like she had this huge oversized handbag and oh, we literally yeah. we literally like just stuffed it with like Big Macs and nuggets and fries and like everything we could think of and we snuck it in. And I remember being kind of nervous, you know, like <laughs> Like we're we're bringing food in and it's and it's McDonald's. It's not just like M and M's, because <laughs> you know we've snuck in M and M's before. Uh, so we were nervous, but she was like, "Yeah, yeah, whatever." And so we sat down and and opened it up, and you could hear the people around us go like, "Do you smell McDonald's?" I can't smell McDonald's. Again. <laughs> and, uh, so I just I distinctly remember sitting down, waiting for it to come up, and and unwrapping, you know, my burger and just eating my fries and. I mean, it was great. It, so I, I have very fond memories of watching this movie. And, you know, as a, I was 11 when it came out. So it, uh, it kind of had an impression of me because I kind of um, could relate to Ethan um, with his, you know, awkward trying to get a girl to like him kind of thing. So, I mean, it just, I, I you know, I got it. So it, I, I, this, it gave me all the feels and it still does even when I watch it today, although it definitely doesn't hold up as much as, a, as I remember it. I still really like it. Did y'all ever sneak real food into the movie theater? All the time. Oh man, I never did that. But I have a movie purse still. I love it. I went into (laughs) a Cinemark with three of my friends. We went to Whataburger behind, like before, and we're just walking with our Whataburger bags and drinks. And some like little dorky guy is like, oh, you sorry guys, you can't bring that in. I was like, no, no, it's fine. It's okay, we're good. And just walked past. (laughs) If you walk anywhere with confidence, like you're supposed to be there, I have found in my in my life 99% of the time nobody asks things. That's how I go backstage behind concerts. Uh, that's how <laughs> I've gotten into movies without paying. Back when I was less moral than I am now, I would never consider doing that at this point in my life, <laughs> nor condone it. But yeah, if you just walk somewhere with enough confidence, nobody asks questions. So I remember this movie vaguely. 
I didn't have a strong recollection of it. I saw it at some point in my kids. So there was, you know, back in, in childhood memory, there was this, this rough recollection of it. But as I watched it, everything felt like Christmas. I liked the children's optimism. It, you know, was an uplifting, positive movie. I liked it. Will I watch it again? Yeah. Julia, Anthony, let's keep what's the happy going. No, I want to end on a good note. Anthony, what's your history? <laughs> Gold star for Julia. Good point. <laughs> never seen it, never heard of it. When I was doing research for tonight's episode and doing the social medias of the pictures that we're covering, I was like, oh man, this movie looks cheap as heck. This is going to suck. It looks awful. Watched it a few hours ago, and I cannot stress this enough about my feelings of this movie. I f***ing loved it. <laughs> I really did. I knew it. I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I love I loved it. It was just, it gave me all the feels and it was such a sweet story. And I like that I had this nostalgia for it. Like it made me feel nostalgic, even though I had no nostalgia for this movie specifically. Maybe it was nostalgia for like that older New York mm-hmm. or some, or like just the, these 90s think, movies or something. I, yeah, but, I think it was the 90s. the 90s movies, man. Yeah. I had the same yeah. thing. But mm-hmm. I, I, I loved it. I think it's oh. funny Liam Nees- uh Leslie Nielsen was on all the posters when he's in the movie for two oh. minutes I barely in it <laughs> but and he's never, never tied up upside down nope ever but I um never picked him for a Santa but that was good they Anthony, actually didn't want him I, to be Santa they were kind of forced to use him and then afterwards uh the the director was like talking with his wife and she's like hey just appeal to the actor in him and so he did and he ended up being like amazing i mean to the you know the director thought he did a fantastic job so but oh, Anthony, say to me, i knew you were i knew you were trolling on discord I, I knew it there was not an ounce of me that believed you hated that movie seriously <laughs> no i look just everything about it the, the way new york was filmed this like quintessential new york tie into christmas as like an as like an experience these kids so- plotting and conniving this just Seems right up your alley. <laughs> so, so if you're so, I did, you're gonna you're gonna so like this movie. I did try to find this movie via unsavory methods, given Jer- with Jerry's warning. I could not, so I rented it on Amazon for like three bucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes after I, I finished it, it I purchased it, it on Vudu for ten bucks. Oh, nice. He bought it. Look at nice. you. I'm yeah, I loved it. As well. it was that I good. loved I it. Wait to watch it again. I'm adding it to my Christmas canon. And that's not to say there are not like plot holes or problematic things. Yeah. Main, sure. Mainly what we touched upon last week, how it's kind of weird about the divorce and Santa. Like it's a weird thing you want your kid, you don't want your kids believing Santa can get your parents back together. But mm-hmm. I, I loved it. I really did. They dealt with that really well though. Really, really well. Um, so I feel like I'd seen it probably, um, maybe even in the theaters, but I mean, it's been a minute and it does feel like a nineties movie. And I saw a lot of those. Um, so while it felt familiar watching, it was kind of like watching it for the first time, but just with a hint of remembrance. Um, and it was, it was so nineties and like all of the glorious parts of a nineties movie. And it was so Christmas that I'm a big fan. This was a high point, especially in our movies we've covered lately. So I really enjoyed it. I I don't know if somebody that's not a child of the 90s would appreciate it quite like we do, but 
I mean, I don't really care what they think. So (laughs) (laughs) it was a good feeling and it made me want to kind of watch more of those movies that I grew up with. So Um, So good. So thank you for introducing it, Jerry. Yes. Thanks for adding it to our list. Two for two. It's really interesting how how quintessentially 90s it is, considering it was from 1991, right? It's like right in that transition period, you know, where things, the 80s and the 90s still kind of overlap, and yet it seems more cemented in the 90s and, you know, just aesthetically than anything else. If I would have guessed and nailed down when I thought this movie was from, I would have put it in 94, 95 era. Yeah, same here. Not 91. Yeah, I, I would have guessed ninety-one purely based on the age of Thora Birch and knowing she was in Hocus Pocus in ninety-three. Well, that's true. Yeah, right. It's like insider but, trading. But if you look at yeah, yes. <laughs> so I was shocked to learn that this movie has a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> when you go through our list and see some of the crap we've covered that have at least managed to get like ten percent, like right. this movie does not deserve zero. Even if critics didn't like it. Yeah, like of all the movies to have zero, I'm surprised that this one is that low. Yeah, when I saw that, I thought, oh man, Anthony's going to use this as fuel. It's going to be awful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I only use Rotten Tomatoes as fuel. If I didn't like this film, I would use it as fuel. <laughs> I, uh, I was also surprised to learn, well, not I'm not really, because of given how I know about this other movie's financial success. <laughs> <laughs> Home Alone made more in its opening weekend than this film made in its entire run. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that does make sense. So what's his name? Tartikoff, that was the head of NBC. He ended up moving to um, to this other studio here. And he read the script in like July. And he was like, we got to get this made. So they hired a director on July 5th, like almost immediately. And the director was thinking, yeah, for Christmas next year. And he was like, no, no, Christmas this year. So that was back in 91. And so they literally shot everything in 30 days. They built most of it on um, sound stages. And uh, they, I mean, the post-production was like less than a month. They, they literally only had like 16 weeks to get it all done. And, and they somehow got it done. So. <laughs> and that's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's just one of those real fast turnarounds. And Bruce Broughton, the composer, who um, he also did the remake of Miracle on 34th Street. Um, you know, he just, he was originally going to do Home Alone. And then he ended up having a conflict. And mm-hmm. so they, of course, got famously John Williams. But he still wanted oh, to do Oh, man. A, Talk a about Christmas luck movie. for Home Alone. Oh, I know. I know. That was like, <laughs> like the biggest seller. Uh, but he, yeah, they hired him to do this one. And so he did his best to get it done. And so he used a lot of the same techniques as John Williams did as far as like scoring. So there's a lot of glockenspiel, a lot of celesta, a lot of uh, flutes and, you know, kind of little dance-like themes. But he also wrote the uh, this one big theme that he was hoping to turn into a song. And they actually um, are, were already locked into that All I Want song. And so instead, he just kind of did an instrumental version of that song. The music was beautiful. It was, yeah. I did a great it. job crafting that atmosphere. Yeah, so much that I ended up buying the score. <laughs> <gasps> oh, wow, oh, nice. that's awesome. So the premise of the movie is pretty simple. Um, kind of like I think it was Tom and Anthony both that said it. Um, not that dissimilar from what we did last week, um, but much, 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 much better done. Yeah, a brother and sister are trying to bring their divorced parents back together. Santa gets involved in the plot, kind of. 
and that's why he's on the cover. <laughs> okay. <laughs> compare compare him Sue. to another 90s Santa that also got involved with the little girl's wish to have a full family, and the Santa didn't lift a finger compared to the Santa in the Miracle on 34th Street remake, who got that yeah. little girl a parents, a house, and a younger brother. <laughs> right. He was working. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this Santa just kind of did like behind the scenes things. Like he was like, just, you know, here. What What's funny is I think Leslie Nielsen could have made a really good Santa if mm-hmm. they gave him more to do. But he was in this so little that I can't really judge him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. properly judge him. I didn't like his outfit. I'll say that. Yeah, it was odd. We haven't, bills. Yeah. we haven't discussed our cast yet. So should we We should. before we start dissecting? So this movie was directed by Robert Lieberman. Um, He's done a whole mess of stuff, including, and I have to mention it because I get to host, an episode of The X-Files from 1999, which made me very happy to see. Which episode? Um, Rush, the one where the three kids are in the cave and they can move really fast, but it actually makes them, yeah. I remember that one. I like that one, yeah. Yeah, it was good. Well, and he has a ton of science fiction stuff to his name. So he was involved with the TV series, The Dead Zone. He also was involved with an episode of Eureka. Are y'all fans of that show? I feel like we've talked about it. I remember it vaguely. It's a pretty good show. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It had a little X-Filesy feeling to it. He also did TV episodes of Haven. I know he was hired because he had done like over 400 McDonald's commercials. All right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, he was used to like working with children a lot. Okay. Well, he did a great job. Um, (laughs) But really just a ton of TV, even until, I mean, just a few years ago, he was involved with The Expanse, the TV series that's on Amazon. I really love science fiction. This movie was written, two people. One of them is a Tom with a TH, which was kind of exciting. Um, Tom Eberhardt. So you might know this Tom from Captain Ron. Yeah. That movie was, was beyond <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Yeah. That was he was one. director for Captain Ron, but he wrote Honey, I Blew Up the Kid as far as writing credits go, which I didn't like that one, but didn't one of y'all like that one? Didn't I you did. like that one, Anthony? I, I loved that one. I thought you said you didn't see that one. You never actually saw it. Maybe I didn't see it. I didn't want to see it. I guess I need to see it just to make I'm going to reserve my judgment for when I actually see the movie. That we'll do that no. as a Patreon episode in the off season, like next <laughs> summer when we're bored. Sounds fine. <laughs> Don't remember the TV show Parker Lewis Can't Lose? Yes. No. He did the pilot. He did the pilot for that one. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm not surprised. I think that one was a little bit before your time, Anthony, and a little short-lived. Richard Kramer co-wrote. You may know him from the TV series 30-something. Did your parents ever watch that show? They always watch that Absolutely show. did. Yep. Were you ever able to connect with it? Nope. 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 Me either. Isn't that totally bizarre? <laughs> like, we weren't we It just something. missed us. <laughs> like, totally. I think That's if so we watched funny. it now, we'd be like, oh, yeah, I get that. Yeah, maybe so. We should maybe, pick, so funny. We should maybe pick a few episodes, watch it, and see what we think now as adults. they got to have, yeah, like, Christmas episodes, right? Oh, they're bound to. to. You know a show he produced? The single most quintessential 90s TV show, which is... My So-Called Life. He didn't only produce My So-Called Life. He also wrote an episode as well. 
And he wrote an episode of Judging Amy, which has always been one of my favorite shows. All right, so our main characters in this movie is the brother-sister combo. So Ethan Embry plays our main, our brother character, so to speak. He's definitely the older one. He's the wise older brother. He plays Ethan O'Fallon. Um, he's been in a ton of stuff. First thing I remember him in was That Thing You Do. Did y'all ever see that movie? Of course. Yep. Of course you did. Yep. Um, he has also yep. been in the Griswold family, right? Yes, At one he point, was. he was an actor Vegas in the Griswolds. Vacation. Vegas Vacation. That's right. Which is the most underrated Griswold movie. I actually enjoy it, yeah. I really do. I like that one. <laughs> that one's so sleazy. Like, I know they're yeah, all kind of sleazy, but that one's true. like super sleazy to me. Um, if He's you in are The Walking a... Dead recently. Was, was he? Really? he? Yeah. Oh, I haven't caught up to that. Yeah. No, he was in season five when they first get to Alexandria. He's one of the townspeople who are trying to like kick Rick and his group out because he thinks they're like dangerous. Oh. And Rick beats the crap out of him and says, oh. You think you could take this place from me? <laughs> oh, that was in the dictator Rick era. Yep. Yeah. Rick Taylor. I have to go back and rewatch that. Um, <laughs> Taylor, I like that. A little, uh, <laughs> a little cult following. He was in Freaky Links, the TV series. Um, probably a lot of people know him from there. He was also in Sweet Home Alabama. I remember I when I found out that it was Ethan Embry because he's actually credited as Ethan Randall in this. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Is that his original last name? Did he change I, his name? I think it is. I don't, I don't, I mean, I haven't looked it up, but I just, I know he was credited differently. And so when I found out that it was the same guy, I was like, what? Because I, I love <laughs> um, Can't Hardly Wait. That was like one of my favorite movies, uh, like back in the late 90s. You know, it's just, it was always on HBO. So we'd always watch it and it was just funny, you know. Yep. So. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a big one that he's in because that's a face I also recognize him from. And he was in Empire Records talking about oh, mid yeah, to late 90s. One. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I love Empire Records. Yeah, he's the guy that's really into like gore. <laughs> <laughs> so our main female in the movie is his sister so she's precious and adorable and we've covered her before thora birch and we've covered her in our patreon content um because she is in hocus pocus which has um, since been released on the main feed I, I was so everyone so it is a her. double duty there that's right i don't know that we've covered her in any proper christmas stuff until now though no i don't think so but and she like is Anthony in said, american this was beauty two years prior yeah american beauty Probably and her, Ghost uh, World. I love those movies. Famous role. Yep. And she's also in The Walking Dead. Oh yeah, she was. She's Gamma, right? Right, which I didn't realize until reading it on here because again, I have not caught up. Um, she was also in Ghost World, which I know is kind of an indie hit a few years ago. Yeah, there. That's a great movie. And she's the precious cute kid in Clear and Present Danger. Which, let's face it, half of her movie credits are precious cute kids. So it's easy <laughs> to get Can I just say while we're on her, I think she's actually like, for her age in this movie, she's actually a pretty decent actress compared yeah. to a lot of kid actors. She is. I think she and, does a better like, job than, than the, you know, Ethan's love interest, Amy Ober. I thought she 100%. 100%. acted the pants I think she does a better job than Ethan does. 100%. But it's so, it's so funny, like, she's really good in this. And then like, She's really good in Hocus Pocus, too. Like, she improved yeah. so much between the two years. So, it's, I mean, credit to her because, as listeners know, I have a big, I have big problems of many of the child actors we cover. 
Yes, you do. Which is one she reason is. I thought you might not. <laughs> another reason I thought you might not like this movie. <laughs> Playing our mom, which part of the pair they're trying to get back together, Catherine O'Fallon, is Harley Jane Kozak. Now, her face was extremely recognizable to me, but I couldn't right away tell you what she'd been in other than probably a lot of 80s and 90s stuff. Um, I knew her from Necessary yeah. Roughness. That's where I remembered her from. There you go. Um, She's also in When Harry Met Sally. She's in Arachnophobia, which I think is where I first saw her at, probably. I hate that movie. Arachnophobia? That movie, I don't like anything to do with. Because it scared you? Yeah, yeah I don't like, don't like spiders. <laughs> I, yeah, it used okay. to freak me out. I, I used to, for years after watching that movie, I had to like, every time I was going to use a restroom, I had to like check all around the toilet to make sure that the toilet like, oh. i i'm 100 ron weasley when it comes to spiders like why spiders why couldn't it be follow the butterflies <laughs> <laughs> that would make for a very scary movie though playing the father they're trying to get back together with their mom is jamie sheridan he plays michael o'fallon um, his face was also recognizable. I kind of assumed it was probably for TV, and it, it looks like he does have a fair amount of TV. It was probably Law and Order stand. Criminal Intent. He was Randall Flagg in The Stand, made for TV. Yes, that is the first place I think I probably remember seeing him. Yeah, that's for me it was The League and Homeland and that HBO movie Game Change. He was also um, Oliver Queen's dad in Arrow. If you watched Arrow, oh he yeah. Was. And he was Stanton in Agent X. And he had a record, recurring role on Law and Order Criminal Intent. Yep. Oh, boom. <laughs> we should cover some of those Christmas episodes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, cr- the criminal justice system. <laughs> Did y'all know there's a Law and Order Criminal Intent video game? Is there really? <laughs> yeah, that just doesn't seem right. Doesn't seem mm-hmm. fun, honestly. Mm-hmm. No, everybody's dead, and you may or may not catch the criminal. And even <laughs> if you do, they'll probably get off. In they'll court. probably get off on the technicality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Playing the uh, third corner of our love triangle between the mom and the dad, and then this boyfriend, fiance that comes into play, is Kevin Nealon, who plays Tony Bohr. Um. I mean, I if you know Kevin guy. Nealon, you know him from SNL. You're a Kevin Nealon fan? I liked him on Weeds. I loved that show on Showtime. Of course you liked him on so Weeds. so freaking funny. <laughs> hey, hey, that show was great. I don't give a crap what you say, Tom. I'll go to the mat about that one. I loved him from this... SNL. I mean, he was like, you know, his weekend update was like my favorite, especially when he would do his subliminal messages. I mean, those were, I mean, they all. Oh, those were so out. funny. Yeah, We've actually really covered funny. him before, too. Funny. We have what on did we cover uh, him in? Eight Crazy Eight Nights. Crazy Nights. Yeah. Oh, he does all he the Adam Sandler place. stuff. Yeah, he does. Happy Gilmore. That's right. All the Adam Sandler stuff. And he did Joe Dierte. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still haven't seen. Okay. If we did Clue, we should do, do Joe Dierte. Every time I bring up the fact I have not seen Joe Dirt, that's the response. Oh man, you've got to like drop everything now and watch it. <laughs> no, I just think we should do it as a as a podcast episode, a bonus episode, culturalizing okay. Julia. <laughs> culturalizing. I can do that. <laughs> You'll be in my corner by the end of that episode. He was in Drunk History. He played a Grand Dragon as well. Oh yeah, 
since I, I don't know that we can. It used to be our shows used to have all connections back to Harry Potter. Now I think all of our shows are drawing a connection back to drunk history. <laughs> drunk history. Well, everybody's yeah, doing that's them a real now, possibility. <laughs> well, it's canceled now, Jerry. Oh, I know yeah. we mentioned that last week, but I don't think it's going to last. It'll come back. We'll see. There's already a big campaign to get people to get them to bring it back. I hope so there's right. a few more names to mention here. Um, I cannot not mention Lauren Bacall in this movie. She plays of course not. the mom's mother. Mom. Like just amazing. Mm-hmm. I love Lauren. So Bacall. good. So much style and grace. Like she does. She does. And her voice is just like and they like they could legit be related. By the way, like talk mm-hmm. about excellent casting because yeah, she sounded look, just absolutely. like her mom. Um, so I was very impressed with that. Um, but of course, Lauren McCall, she was into Have and Have Not with Humphrey Bogart. Mm-hmm. She's done multiple things with Humphrey Bogart. She More was modern. gorgeous when she was younger. I mean, oh, she's, yeah. gorgeous. she's she's a beautiful, beautiful older lady. She aged beautifully yeah. as yeah, well. Yeah. By me, like when you look at pictures of her, like in Have and Have Not, if or watch that film, like she had that mm-hmm. classic actress look that actors and actresses just don't have. Like I mm-hmm. love that look. Um, more modernly, she was in an episode of The Sopranos. She looks like she was in an episode of Family Guy because seems like yeah, she was. Those out when we see him. Yeah. And I thought this was funny and random. She was in. Um, she was a voice in a Scooby Doo video. Oh, which one? Which excellent use of her voice. She was in Scooby Doo and the Goblin King. She was the Grand Witch. Hmm. Not a fan of that one. She is just you so... know that one? I do know that one. I used to love the Scooby. I know that's a recent one, but I used to love the Scooby Doo straight to movie DVD movies, straight to VHS movies. <laughs> straight to VHS. Lauren Bacall. Scooby Doo on Zombie Island. Exudes grace mm-hmm. and class. Mm-hmm. She was definitely a, a loss when she passed to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And she knows she's very. She can be very cutting when she wants to be. As mm-hmm. she sure can. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need to mention Leslie Nielsen for his short little bit in this movie, <laughs> but I mean, short. I don't know, kind of a noticeable character, right? He plays Santa for. I don't. Did anybody actually time how many, how long he actually has? It has to be less than five minutes. Yeah, it yeah. really does minutes. have it to was, be. It was. Yeah. I think it's three scenes. She sees him once, she sees him twice, and then she sees mm-hmm. him the third time at the end Thrice. of the movie. In a really mm-hmm. cheap Thrice. Santa outfit, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah, so let's talk about him as Santa just real quick. So is I'm not a fan of the outfit either, really. Yeah, the bells were just a weird touch to me. I mean, it, it's the yeah. unnecessary. And I don't like Santa in white gloves either. That beard, y'all. <laughs> I loved his mustache. I loved it. I the loved floofy it. mustache was mm-hmm. great. His beard and mustache covered a plethora of failures on his his costume for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree with that. His demeanor I also really liked too. He had the jovial feel to him. Um, he did. Mm-hmm. But what surprised me, he was what too thin. To me, he was too thin. I like my yeah. Santa's fat. And I know Tom yeah. will say St. Nicholas wasn't fat, which I get, but I like my modern Santa's fat. But he had yeah. a twinkle in his eye that I kind of liked. You know? He did. He, did. Yeah. he had real, he was jovial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, it's like I said, I think Leslie Nielsen could play an amazing Santa or could have played an amazing Santa. He was yeah, actually well, Santa yeah, in another now, movie but... called Santa Who, or he was in that movie, at least. I don't know if he would have played Santa, actually, come to think of it. But uh, I, unpopular opinion, I never liked Leslie Nielsen. Oh, man, I love The Naked Gun. Um, I love those movies. I don't like him, unpopular opinion. Oh, I get you. I think you may need to watch some more of him. I mean, his career goes back all by 1950. I'm sure you're bound to find some stuff you like, right? He was actually a really good dramatic actor. If you've ever Absolutely. seen his, his earlier stuff. But yeah, of course, The Naked Gun and Police Squad were classic. An airplane. Airplane, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in the original TV show Untouchables. He did a little stint there. That's cool. Had a few roles on uh, Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Did you like him, Julia, in this movie? I did like him in this movie. I thought he had one of the best Santa voices I've heard. Um, I couldn't believe it was Leslie Nielsen, honestly, because my experience with Leslie Nielsen, right, has been the Naked Gun movies and all of that. Um, so when he spoke, I mean, I had definite opinions before I actually heard him talk. Um, but once he spoke as Santa, it was like, I was in it and it was awesome. He has a fantastic Santa voice. The way he connected with Thorna Birch, it was just amazing. I mean, there was a real connection there that he made, like a child talking to Santa. I bought it. Book line mm-hmm. singer. It lacked for me compared to other Santas and connections we've made with kids in other films. Again, I point to the 94 Miracle on 34th Street. And I point to the original Miracle on 34th Street. And I'll even point to your favorite, Tom, Christmas Chronicles. The Santa interaction just lacked for me. Five minute screen time interaction versus the majority of the movie. He does a lot with five minutes. But but to that, I will say two minute interacting with the sign language girl in Miracle on 34th Street, which I bought 20 times more than this. But they set that up a lot differently. You would have bought that with just about any Santa doing sign language just remember noel how much she connected with that little girl doing sign language that one i didn't connect with though that's what i mean there's a quality to these actors leslie nielsen didn't do it for me this one could i be any more wrong (laughs) i'm tom could i be the worst i could if anthony were removed from the equation that's the real problem we have it will not happen (laughs) while anthony is involved all right, the last cast member I'm going to mention because I have to, even though she's as, as small of a part as Santa is, is Andrea Martin plays. Oh, yeah. Is she a housekeeper? Kind yeah, she of? seems kind of like a. Like okay. a she seems like the nanny or something. Yeah, yeah something like that. Right. She's yeah, some she's kind of house staff or Lauren Bacall's character. Exactly. Um, and she, I just love her. Most people probably know her from my big fat Greek wedding, but yeah, she's had a. You're going to know my favorite of her. Yeah. Is that your favorite? Oh, God, yes. She was my favorite character in that film. So we have actually covered her before because we covered the original Black Christmas from 1974. So we've covered a very young, young version of her. Um, But We'll cover her again next month. It was my twin. (laughs) With the (laughs) 2006 Black Christmas in which she plays a house mother. We'll cover her in October. She's in a really annoying show that Ellie likes, Elena of Avalor. Oh, yeah. It's yes. like these Disney shows. There's that one, and then there's this other one, Sophia the First. And it seems like oh, yeah. everything that they're, they're going to do, they just put the word royal in front of it, and it's a normal activity. Time for the royal picnic. 
time for the royal horse race. It's time for the royal excretion of our bowels. Like, everything is more exciting when it's got the word royal in front of it. Literally. It's true. Watch them, and they just put the word "royal" in front of it. Can it's I also, point uh, out the irony of you calling a show obnoxious when you reference Family Guy in every single recording we make? Uh, and I say that as someone who loved the first few seasons of Family Guy. I've stopped watching Family Guy, though. I reference the old stuff, dude. The goods. <laughs> she was also a re- had recurring characters that spanned from 1987 to 2011 on Sesame Street. Really? Oh, it's awesome. She had a bunch of episodes throughout that time. So Jerry, yes. since it's your pick, how about you walk us through? The nutshell is that, and you kind of already did it, but the, the two kids want to get their divorced parents back together. So the young girl, you know, asks Santa for it. That's, you know, and then the older brother realizes that uh, that's a little bit above Santa's pay grade and devises his own plan to get it done. But it starts off really with the, uh, where we meet our protagonists and you know he there's a the boys choir singing we already kind of get a sense that he's you know he's running late they're doing their rehearsal and uh and then we meet the sister and she's in the tutu and it's super cute and everything and 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 her sister is very snarky like she's typical younger sister with him that's true yeah and she sells her mittens (laughs) (laughs) because you know later on he gets her mittens for christmas but uh Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's fun. And we already get a sense, you know, she's like, I, you know, where were you? You're late. I was going to move, you know, go off by myself. And so we already kind of get that sense of he's already protective of her because he's like, don't you dare do that. You know, you can't do that in the city. And so, you know, that kind of establishes their dynamic, which is, is really cool. But uh, they're, they're late going home to their dad is going to pick them up. Again, Can I just interrupt for a minute, Jerry? Sure, because sure. This walk home through the city is our first real glimpse of the New York in this film that we get. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Man, it looked beautiful with the snow and all the Christmas trees and lights you see them pass. Like they they nailed the look of the older, thirty year older city. The Apparently, city. they had mm-hmm. like tons and tons of snow because it kept melting. Uh, yep. They, they had trouble getting it to stay because they were filming. Well, they filmed it in the dead of summer, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Gosh. Yeah. So that makes sense. But I mean, it just things like that always make me laugh. You know, and you look at the Hallmark <laughs> movies and they do the same thing and they're filming like in the summer and in the spring. Well, the Hallmark ones never look this good. No, well, yeah. No. <laughs> never. I mean, that's also budget, I thought budget, this looked right? so good. I really thought this was Chicago at Christmas time. Ha, ha, ha. You mentioned, but their brother-sister dynamic is sweet. Really I love sweet. It. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that he was super protective of her, but he was loving too. It wasn't that weird. That weird dynamic you can get from boys this age with younger siblings, specifically sisters, where they like don't want anything to do with them, right? And you got less and of the McAllister vibe and more of a even when he got even when he got a little embarrassed by her, he was still really cool with her, right? At the Santa line yeah. when friends come yeah. up. But and she still was good at needling him, like acting trying to act older for her age. It was good it's actually a good prelude to her character in Hocus Pocus where she does the it same is. thing. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought their relationship more than Hocus Pocus just because I think I don't know. Well, they're closer in age. I think it's yeah. a different relationship, but she's well, very are, similar in a lot of ways, the two characters. We talked about this and the brother in Hocus Pocus overacted a lot. For sure. So did Ethan in this one, I would argue. Yep. Yeah, sure. But that feels 90s. 
to me. Okay, that's fair. I can, <laughs> give, I, I can give them both a pass for 90s. That's probably yeah. what the directors wanted them to do. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's it's a very nice relationship. Not one that I ever saw in real life, though. <laughs> that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so they're they're going home because the dad's going to pick them up. They're going to spend you know the the night with their dad. Uh, he essentially gave up his yuppie lifestyle in Wall Street to accomplish his dream of opening his own diner, and I guess that caused friction. And so you know they split up because of that. So of course we get the classic: you're he's late picking him up because they're they're busy at the diner and so then you set up the arguing you got to set up the arguing between the mom and right. the dad and so when you say a yuppie lifestyle you're talking really yuppie because they own their own not an apartment not a penthouse they own their own house it's like a brownstone Manhattan, yeah. a brownstone house. yeah yep it's beautiful so it was it was so you're talking i mean must have been loaded they they yeah. weren't well. I mean, the mother, right? The mother's the mother was Brooks. a famous actress, right? And so they come from money, the old money. Mm-hmm. But you can tell that he's still really friendly with, uh, you know, Lauren Bacall's character, and uh, he's just like now a lot more laid back, and he's like the fun one, I guess. And so they're excited to go, but but we kind of see well, that already that tension between them, and uh, mm-hmm. and of course to, to resolve it later on, you know, that's just to set it up, but. Lauren Bacall still still has strong feelings for him. She still considers him family and wants yeah. them to get back together too. So there's yeah. some def, it, there's some not so subtle support for what the kids are doing behind the scenes, even though she may not know <laughs> it's going on. She wants it to happen. Yeah, yeah, you get that vibe. Well, especially because the mom's new boyfriend is Kevin Nealon, who's definitely uh who she calls a, a rat later on totally <laughs> a d-bag well, and a half well i mean you know he's a, he's he's the guy that's like lovely party lil and uh you know she's like never Dang. use the word lovely it's the mark of a jerk <laughs> and, and he doesn't know how to interact with the kids either right like at all yeah. like when he's stuck alone with thora birch's character i love how awkward he is with her so I bet you don't know who wrote the Nutcracker. <laughs> then she immediately cuts him off, and he goes into silence. <laughs> yep. And then when she's sing- singing ha- to annoy him, "Have yourself a merry little Christmas." Have yourself a merry little Christmas. <laughs> Have yourself a little, a little merry Christmas. They like and he's like, do you, do, "Do you want to know the rest of the lyrics?" And she looks at him, and she's like, "Have yourself a merry little." She's like, no, <laughs> she said no. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it wasn't. We learned later she wasn't just doing that to annoy him. She's walking through the house by herself, singing that over and over again, which again. Mm-hmm. Three of the four of us have kids. We yeah. know they do this. That's, that's what they do. Yeah. yeah, it's like perfect little kid. But um, he can't deal with it. He can't cope with children. So they, you know, the, they go off, and the, the kids go off with the dad. And we, the next morning, Ethan has to take uh, Hallie to to go see Santa, and she wants to see the real Santa. So they go to Macy's, of course. Which right. Is, Total New nice York touch. thing. Total <laughs> yeah, New York I thing. liked that. Throwback. Throwback to the precedence that was set by the original miracle on 34th street right mm-hmm. like macy's macy's santa is the quintessential is, santa yep yep and the one in new york is you know the santa the, the santa. santa that's right the one you see arrive in new york with his reindeer at the end of every thanksgiving parade yep. mm-hmm. exactly he hey 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 right in the store he does that right here in tulsa too we see him on our christmas parade is a santa 
Thank you, Julia. <laughs> that is not the, I'll even agree to that. That's not the Santa. She's Thank one you, of Julia. the assistant Santas that assists the main Santa in getting his job done. But this is where the plot kind of starts to, to develop because she asks Santa for the parents to get married again. And of course, mm-hmm. Ethan's already kind of warned her like, like, you can't do that. He's he's jolly. You know, he's a jolly guy. He's not dear Abby or whatever. And uh, and so they, you know, they kind of set up that warning like like he's still trying to look out for her because he knows that's probably an unrealistic thing to ask, you know. Probably. So again, well, okay, it's definitely an unrealistic thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she's she's I mean, she's a kid and she knows that Santa can get you what you ask for if you're good. And so she ends up asking him, um, uh, <laughs> which is is you know it, it it really sets up the whole plot because then she finds out that the mom is going to marry tony and she realizes she made a mistake she wasn't specific that's right <laughs> get it so Perfect you've got to be logic. specific with santa <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly <laughs> yeah i wanted them to get married to each other again not just married again so <laughs> then she has to go fix her mistake uh, and so she goes back to Santa. So this is our, that's our second Leslie Nielsen Santa scene. But, right. but I love when, when she's on his lap and he's like, what's your name? And she's like, Hallie O'Fallon. And he goes, oh, a lot of L's in that name. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of Buddy. Ooh, that's yeah. very purpley. Yeah, yeah. Just so <laughs> innocent yeah. and... Friends. Oh, man, a Leslie Friends. Nielsen yeah. Santa and Buddy the Elf. That oh, would be man, cool. that would have been cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that could be really neat. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have then we wouldn't have been able to get our absolutely terrible cameo, right, from Santa if that had been done. <laughs> Tom's still bitter over that. No no drunk Leslie Nielsen cameo. <laughs> no sober Leslie Nielsen cameo where he's probably acting the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty cool either way. But anyway, so, uh, well, there's one scene that, that I kind of skipped over. And that's where they, they, later that night, they have a party at uh, the grandma's house. And it's, the party's important because that's where Ethan sees Amy Oberer, uh, her character, Stephanie, for the first time. And he's like, ooh, you know, he guys goes kind of silly for her. Hey, uh, girl, hey. That's right. So, but I wanted Stephanie to was because, definitely the weakest link in this film, by the way, acting-wise. I, no, I, I agree, yeah. She was the worst actress out of, out of the children. And she hasn't really done much since. But, but I really enjoyed that scene because that's where uh, Thora Birch and Lauren Bacall sing that uh, Baby It's Cold Outside to each other. Yes, they do. I'm not going to lie. Which was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but little, they didn't sing like the, I was telling, the weird part. No, they didn't. See, this was the first time I had heard that song. So I didn't know there was a controversy or anything till much, much later. And I didn't know like the whole lyrics. I only knew that. So to me, it was was like, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, she's worried about her little girl, (laughs) her little granddaughter. I was telling Sarah as we were watching the scene, oh man, I want my kids to be that talented where if I have this cousin who's really musical, just starts playing the piano on Christmas Eve, my kids just jump in and sing like that. (laughs) And Sarah was like, you want our kids to sing an inappropriate problematic song <laughs> with your grandmother and i was like well when you phrase it that way it reminded me of arrested development <laughs> sky rockets in play <laughs> but I, I i like that scene and then of course that's where we get the infamous you know tony you're, you know don't use the word lovely you're you know it's a sign of a jerk thing but uh, uh-huh. 
Anyways, I actually so- found the courting of this Stephanie girl on the behalf of, uh, what's his name? Ethan Embry, really uh, endearing. He reminded me back to when I was that age and having like crushes on girls being that young. Like you're just so clueless and like oh, yeah. embarrassed by everything and over the top. And like I loved him to see, he couldn't take his eyes off her and then was tripping all over the room. And <laughs> I, lo- I loved when he sat down on the chair <laughs> and it collapsed and... Uh, <laughs> and, and the guy was just like, "Oh, it's broken." Yeah, yeah. it's broken. <laughs> and he has, like after he let him fall. Yeah, yeah, after. exactly. <laughs> He's got. The, thank you, Tony. That was very helpful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So deadpan. It was great. Yeah, of course. The mom tells the dad uh, she's never been in the diner, so so they, you know, when she's going to drop off the kids, they invite her in. She sees the diner, realizes that a lot of the stuff is from a diner they used to go to when they were dating, and. Uh, so Dad you know, went so of... far as to drive to the diner and steal the menu so that he could use the menu. Exactly. Yeah, I even stole their menu. Yeah. And, this uh, diner feels so good. Like I it's wanna... so homey, and I'm hoping that's what that's. I look at it and I think that's probably what New York feels like, right? And I'm hoping that's accurate. Too. That's very I, accurate. I loved this diner. I I would. Mm-hmm. Be so I'd be as happy there as these kids were there, and the scene where you see them as wait staff in the diner. Oh yeah, fantastic. So note to self: when Julia finally visits me in New York, take her yeah. to the diners rather than the nicer restaurants. Right? Yeah, take me to the diners. Yep. That's where I want to ta- go. I'll take you know what? I'll take you to the Stardust Diner, Julia. That's oh, a very that? cool. That's a very cozy diner, but it's also a big touristy one. That's where everyone who wants to get onto Broadway works. And like the waiters Ooh. and waitresses dance on the tables and sing as they're delivering your meals. And it's like oh, yeah. total like that's awesome 50s diner. Yep. That's yeah, cool. That's, that's really cool. And uh, but anyway, so Ethan, of course, uh, Hallie, excuse me, Hallie finds out that uh, the mom's getting married to Tony. And she she has like a really heartfelt kind of cry with Ethan about it and that's where he starts to have his plan that he's going to do something. And this plan is super convoluted. Of course it is. It's he's a like, 90s yeah, he's, kid. No, no oh, totally, plan. but like what when <laughs> this is my first time watching the movie, right? Yeah. And yeah. like by the time you their plan pans out completely, I'm like do they really need the mice? <laughs> Could they have come up with something else other oh, than the oh, mice? Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> They did because they needed Snowball at the end. Well, yep, so okay, we needed yeah. him to come back. We'll get to that at the end. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. We needed Santa to bring him. <laughs> but, uh, I I love yeah. So Ethan, uh, and then he has like some sort of cotillion or something that he had to go to for school, and he had earlier met Stephanie at like a museum because she was trying to be all cultured and go to the museums. <laughs> I loved when he's in that museum and is trying to act cultured and he goes in front of the naked woman picture first and gets oh, really yeah, embarrassed yeah. to run some, <laughs> to run <some laughs> the other one. That yeah. made me laugh. That totally, you could, you could, as a former teenage boy, you could 100% associate with that, with the, yep. the trauma that would cause. Yep. Yep. And, and he's just getting tongue tied and clueless. Eventually he ends up telling her that he's going to have this cotillion thing. She's like, no, I'm going back to Boston. Well, I guess, they decide not to, and so she ends up going to his cotillion after all, and mm-hmm. so they kind of dance and make their way out. Where they crash, they a went wedding. and crash, <laughs> they, <laughs> as as New Yorkers do. They crash a wedding, and uh, I mean, who hasn't? 
and uh, the, that's where he kind of fills her in on the plan and she agrees to to play along which i think is kind of cool you know it's if you want an example of how rich this family is the fact that they have a cotillion that's like old money crap right there that's <laughs> oh, like yeah. not new money they're yeah, not going to welcome you in with new money that's old money you don't right hear uh, you don't hear about cotillions very often now no you don't it's old and new money in houston <laughs> Uh, that's yeah that's true. i mean new so, money does it's new true. money new money does it too it's just that the older money people then look down at the newer money people right that's what i mean by that difference. yes yes <laughs> um and so it's on christmas eve their plan is hatched and essentially tony and uh and catherine were going to go to a party you know uh, mm-hmm. catherine of course being the mom tony being kevin Nealon, they were going to go to a party mm-hmm. ethan was going to uh, go to Marshall's because he kind of made up some lie. You know, his Marshall is his friend. He kind of made up Marshall. some lie that he, he couldn't that be. That kid was hilarious. Like he just couldn't be with his dad. It just didn't feel right being like that. And so instead he was going to go to Marshall's. And uh, uh, But super unrealistic, right? Because I don't know any parent who would let their kid go spend Christmas Eve. Yeah, of course. With a friend. I mean, it's, it's, it's a plot device, uh, of course. Um, it's happened, y'all. Sure I know it happens. Ha- I know it does happen. Very, yeah, it is. I had a least... friend spend Christmas Eve with me. Oh, really? Oh. Mm-hmm. I know it happens. And I guess if this was their first year divorce, they may be trying to, you know, yeah, do what they can sure to make it easier okay. on the kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I get that. So he's going to go there. At least that's what he's telling him. Hallie's going to go with the dad. And... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Can we talk about the phone call between him and Marshall first? Where he, where he has Marshall call him. Marshall's like, dude, I can't talk right now. My grandmother's on the floor. My grandmother's on the floor. And he's, and you know, having a one-sided the, conversation. <laughs> and he's like, dude, we're trying to revive my grandmother and then we're going to open gifts. <laughs> screaming. screaming in the background. She's passed out. She had a whole, she ate a whole, she drank a whole bowl of eggnog. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then he's like, when you finish getting your parents back together, come here and split mine up. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. Yeah, that was a good conversation. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, okay. So, so that's where they're all going to go. Earlier, they had also bought some mice, which I, you know, because that was part of the plan. And the, they need the mice because they let them loose essentially in the grandma's house and so the grandma will have to kind of leave and everyone will kind of be frantic and going over to other places to get ready and not really pay attention to stuff well well everyone's going to have to spend the night out because they get exterminators exactly, into the yeah, house yeah exactly they're going to come fumigate or, or whatever it is and uh which la- later on there's that funny bit where she's like you know I, you know, I want proof that there's something in, in, yeah. been found in this house besides a grade A sucker. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> and of course, in her Lauren McCall voice, I mean, she just, she sells that. Oh, man, but, she does. Um, but yeah, so everybody has to go out. So they kind of have their plan. Ethan really is not going to go to Marshall's. He's going to kind of, I don't know, work things around i, I don't know he's good him and stephanie yeah. are gonna, gonna work like things the, behind the scenes behind the sure scenes, his sister yeah. does the heavy duty of tricking their dad into thinking she's sick so he calls his That's ex right. to come over yes he manages the diversions 
Yeah, and he yeah. manages to get Tony out of the way in his car tote. <laughs> right. So all the mice they <laughs> bought, except for one, Snowball, was the one that uh, they kept, and they kept Snowball purposely to let him go when Tony drops the kids off. And well, they didn't purposely keep Snowball. All the other ones. Well, I mean, they kept outside. one. They it, snuck it, outside. Not, yeah, not Snowball right. in particular, but I mean, they kept one around so that they could use that as an excuse to have Tony get out and then say, oh, uh, you know, I think yeah, I saw him just... go in that freezer truck. And so then he climbs in and of course they close it on him. And they had set up a bit earlier where the uh, truck driver is like crazy deaf. So he doesn't or, hear yeah. that Kevin Nealon is like banging on the door and he's like singing way off key. And <laughs> I mean, it's just, I always enjoyed that part where he's just like, Jango Bells, Jango Bells. I mean, <laughs> it's like the worst. <laughs> It was terrible. Um, I want to just say, we watched all the mice scurry out into the snow and ice and get away. I do want to just call that those mice were all just sentenced to death. Yeah, pretty oh, much. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. We had no, no mention mean, or remorse for that. I mean, let's face it, a lot of mice at the pet stores are bought for snake food anyway. That's true also, yeah. But that's the circle of life, man. Simba's dad, Mufasa, told us that was good. Uh, so, yeah, they successfully tricked Kevin Nealon into... Uh, into getting on the truck and so he's being driven to new jersey hallie is uh she decides to you know make her dad dress up so they can have like a nice dress up dinner and then pre immediately pretends to be sick so she's like been in the bathroom and we kind of cut to a cute scene where she's really just like reading you know <laughs> she, wait she even convinces him to wear a burgundy tie because burgundy, she saw which... the dress her mother was getting ready in before leaving the house so it mm -hmm. matches mm -hmm. and yep. i just would like to point out it wasn't just any truck that tony got licked into he was locked in a freezer truck. a freezer truck yep <laughs> yes he was with the deafest driver <laughs> ever. I love that guy. Jingle bells, jingle bells. I mean, it's like the worst. <laughs> but, um, so she pretends um, because they have Tony cars, Tony's car towed, and because he's gone, they kind of. Uh, this is where Cat, where Stephanie comes in. She tells you know the mom that, uh, oh yeah, he called. He said there was an emergency. He's fine. He just you know go to the party on your own. And so this is after she's already you know, after the dad has called and said, hey, come on over, you know, I think something's wrong. She's been in the bathroom for like half an hour. She's not feeling well. So she's already over it now at the, at the, uh, at his place. And so of course, that's when Stephanie tells her that he can't come. And so she now has an excuse since her plans have been canceled. Essentially, she has an excuse to stay, which is what they want. And yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very sweet when they stay. Like, I like them reflecting on their relationship, on how pregnant she was the last time there was a big snowstorm when yeah. she met mm -hmm. their daughter. As they're watching, first of all, that scene was beautiful. Them standing in the dark with just a Christmas tree lit, looking yes. out at the falling snow. That yes. looked beautiful. Yes. Yeah, that it was beautiful. And they were very talking about how she was five weeks, uh, not five weeks, five days late with uh thora birch's cool. character <laughs> oh yeah five weeks five weeks no thank fun, you right? <laughs> and um yeah and then you see him fall asleep on the couch and mm -hmm. she originally sleeps with thora birch but she gets out and decides to <laughs> snuggle under the covers with her ex right because because Hallie... that's what's gonna happen what's that because that's gonna happen well, Hallie decides I bought it. she's pretending to be asleep and 
<laughs> so she does that thing that every kid does when they're actually asleep and right. like tosses and turns and like yep. hits you in the face all the time. <laughs> and uh, so that the mom, of course, is like, I can't, I can't sleep like this. And so she gets yep. up. And but th- before she lies up there, that's actually a really cute scene too, where they're watching her sleep. And he says, she sleeps like you when you're dreaming. Like, I loved yeah. that. Yeah. That yeah. Was that sweet. was like, that was very warm and fuzzy for sure yep. <laughs> so she yeah, got up and then she sees him on the couch and then she uh, lays down with him and so then Hallie kind of peeks out and sees you know that they're sleeping on the same couch and then she goes downstairs into the diner because his place is right above the diner and she meets up with Ethan and Stephanie and they exchange presents and just kind of he gets her mittens he gets her mittens which yeah she had sold in the beginning and uh, of course, Stephanie and Ethan have kind of a cool little datey scene while all that shenanigans are going on upstairs. Mm-hmm. Talking and, about how two ketchup bottles become one. Yeah. <laughs> you marry the ketchup. You marry the ketchup. ketchup. <laughs> yeah, that's diner talk. You know, <laughs> and, and I love this scene too when she says it all went according to plan and they go outside and celebrate in the snow and, and the snows fall away. It's beautiful, and you see, and you see the twin towers in the background flash from the past. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then they see this mysterious light float by. Like yep. I, we're, well, I, we're supposed to believe it was Santa flying by, right? I yes. Think so yeah, I think that's what we're meant to think. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, here's where the plan goes south because they. <laughs> <laughs> they fell asleep downstairs instead of Hallie going back up and so they can't find her so now they're frantic mm-hmm. and of course they they leave they try to they go back to the snapping at each they, other they, again they so they think they again. messed it up yes it's under duress and and the stress of it they start to to fight they call Marshall Ethan's friend turns out <laughs> Ethan is not there <laughs> he folds like a bad suit oh he does yeah he really he just fairness, like, yeah he's not here was he was never here he, had he was in front of him. he had to get back to his, his that's true he yeah. had the nintendo power glove did you see yeah. that yeah i did that was awesome <laughs> that, that was, was cool. super awesome i always wanted one and uh, the, a friend of mine had it but it was kind of terrible so then in the end i was glad i didn't get one but <laughs> i remember funny. when it first came out i was like super psyched i wanted the power glove like so bad uh, so it always made me laugh when I saw it in this movie. <laughs> but yeah, so he immediately says that Ethan's not there. The mom's like, there's all these pieces that don't fit, but they kind of fit somehow. And, yeah. you know, of course, she starts accusing him of like, well, do you know where they are? He's like, why would I know where they are? And of course, they're snip, snapping at each other. And so the kids wake up to see that and they're like, oh, man, we're in trouble. And so then they mm-hmm. decide to go back to grandma's house to kind of face the music well well when the, when the kids wake up by the way they have a very similar conversation about how she looks when she's dreaming too stephanie's dreaming that's too. true yeah. she does mention uh, her dream so again a nice little cutesy you know teen tween moment i mm-hmm. guess and um so they get back to the they get back to the house the maid um who's you know our favorite <laughs> from my big fat greek wedding is uh, the babies just come in and so paramedics are there of course they just got back from staying overnight at like a super fancy hotel uh, mm-hmm. you know the grandma so she's also kind of worried about it and and she's on the phone and so i mean there's just all these everything's going on and of course they burst in they're like hey what's 
you know, have you seen them? And she's like, are they missing? And, and then finally the kids get there, they fess up and we get Ethan's big speech where he talks about how Hallie was, you know, he didn't think he didn't want her to be disappointed on Christmas. And, and I mean, it's, it's just a good big brother kind of speech, you know? And then he also mentions how he did it for himself because he missed their family yeah. time. And, and uh, so then when he, he, the, my favorite line when he's like, so when you said, if you got mom on a desert Island, <laughs> desert, deserted Island. Uh, <laughs> well, Manhattan's um, an Island. He says that earlier. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was making an office <laughs> reference. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway. Um, and so then the dad's like, I'll take over. And so then he kind of tells the mom how he's still in love with her and everything, everything works out in the end. <laughs> and then the doorbell rings. And it's Leslie Nielsen Santa with Snowball. Snowball. Which was a very cute little loose end. Her little mouse. Uh, the ones she didn't want to let go of and she had to in order to get Tony on the truck. Mm-hmm. But Santa brought him to her. And then Ethan has his moment with Stephanie and mm-hmm. everything works out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, it gave me all the one. feels. It yeah, gave yeah me it gave me all the, all the feels. feels too. Definitely a Christmas movie. I mean, definitely. Definitely a Linus moment. Yeah. Yep. And the atmosphere. I can't stress the atmosphere enough. Yeah. Well, so Ethan's speech at the end in front of that beautiful tree, the tree with the snow falling on the terrace mm-hmm. or whatever floor they're on on that gorgeous house i mean <laughs> just oh so so beautiful and new york looks so beautiful and the lights and it does just, mm-hmm. it looks so mm-hmm. real and so beautiful i like their flocked tree their tree was flocked which i've always wanted a flocked tree but my wife doesn't like it because you know they make a, a huge mess yes they do uh, so less than a real tree just reminder of that mm-hmm that's true. Uh, so a flock like tree that. is my childhood tree. So it was like extra nostalgia. Oh, nice. Seeing it and being Whoa. like, that's what childhood feels like to me. That's awesome. Julia, you fancy. I know, right? My dad hated that freaking tree. <laughs> yeah. He would curse that tree. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, especially the older you get, like you touch it and the flocking just all kind of starts. Oh, it just gets worse. Like dust or it just falls down. Every <laughs> sometimes year. both, oh, which he, is worse. He'd be so mad. <laughs> Yeah, I had to light a couple of flocked trees uh, during while we were getting ready for season. Yeah, for, for, I guess they like the way I light trees because they keep asking. I've, so far, I've lit like thirty-five trees uh, oh <laughs> at our store, and one of them was this ten-foot flock tree, and I could tell that it was a, an older tree that had been on display before. And yeah. like you, I just touch it, and you could just see like this cloud of dust. You know. Like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, like, oh, my allergies are going to be bad tonight. But yeah, this one was nice, and I really enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you for bringing it too. into my, you know, awareness. It's definitely going into my Christmas canon. You're welcome. I have quotes. I'm going to talk to you somewhat problematic line when they go through and are tasting all the food Mm -hmm. and the man who I think is Japanese says ah good sir do you have a fish wish sushi for every occasion sushi for every Caucasian is that what he says that that was funny (laughs) yes I went back just to make sure (laughs) nope I went back and turned on subtitles to make sure I heard it right before oh wow 
Sushi for every Caucasian. I I like when Hallie's messing with Tony in the car in the car, and she's like, "I want you to meet my friend Snowball." And Tony's like, "Oh, and I bet you're the only one who can see Snowball." And Hallie's like, "Oh no, you can see him too." And she pulls the mask out, and she's like, "Look!" And Tony's like, "Hallie, get that thing away!" She's like, "You hurt his feelings. Now you think he thinks you hate him. I don't hate oh. him. I I I like him. You have to tell him." Snowball, I like you. I like you very much. Now, put that thing away. You have to say it louder. He has tiny, tiny ears. I like you, Snowball. He doesn't (laughs) believe you. Snowball, I love you. I love you very, very much. (laughs) He thinks you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) She's Um, so sassy. I liked it when she she asked that girl for a cut. Oh, yeah. She'd give her money. And she says, you know, happy, ha- uh, Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah. Don't forget to tell Santa what a creep you are. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she says something like cuts for a dollar or something. Like yeah, that. that's yep. right. Yep. <laughs> no, I like that's horrible. Like, when Tony, Which, by the way, if you're in a line that long for Santa, I would pay, pay a, a lot more than a dollar to get that in line was for nothing real? compared to Macy's. You can book in advance because it gets so freaking long. I bet. Oh. You heard how they're doing Santa this year in coronavirus? No. Virtual? Uh, no. They're doing Santa behind plexiglass oh. and they're setting up a little bench area where you can see Santa. Um, I saw it doesn't look as bad as it sounds. I was kind of impressed with with how decent it looks. Sounds pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does, but it's not, I promise. I'll show y'all pictures. What was your quote, Jerry? Oh, I was going to say when Tony's talking to Hallie and he's like, I bet you want to be a ballerina when you grow up. I never said that. I thought all little girls wanted to be ballerinas. What if I'm too fat? What if my head's too big? It's too much pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like her mom steps in and tries to uh, smooth things over. And Hallie just looks Give me until at least the third grade to decide what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like when they're at the store at Macy's visiting Santa and uh, Ethan is with his friends trying to be nonchalant like he's not visiting Santa. Oh, yeah. And that, and that because he's holding the, the, the lollipop, the little kid comes up to him and he's like, you're an elf, right? And Ethan's like, <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, sorry. And the lollipop, the lollipop kid says, yes, you are. Santa's elves always pretend they're not. It's their flaw. And that just made me laugh. Like, <laughs> that kid flaw. was so awkward, too. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh, man. I have one more. I liked it right after she did that with the, uh, with the girl, where she told her a creep. And we see her get up to Santa. Santa starts talking to her. She's like, can I use the lap? And he says, yes. And she says, now, we're real, we really got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought the scene with Hallie and Ethan was really sweet where she's explaining why she had to see Santa the second time and she's like crying and she's like, I had to see him. This is special. Not all mom and dads get back together, but ours should. I thought that broke my heart. Yeah. When, when Ethan is watching the home videos, you know, and he's just in his bed and he's just crying because of, you know, all the memories and stuff like that. I mean, oh, I mean, that'd be a hard scene for a kid that age to play anyway, because mm-hmm. it came across like Clark Griswold come crying over the family. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So I also liked how Ethan was looking out for his sister from the beginning, like when she yeah. told him what her initial Santa wish was. And he's like, 
Now, look, Hallie, you can ask for toys, parakeets, hair care products. I don't care. But you may not ask for anything to do with interpersonal relationships. Got it? This is Santa Claus, not Dear Abby. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was coming, it's funny, but it was coming from a place he did not want her to be disappointed. Yeah. Okay, so let's rank it. Jerry, what are you going to give it? Well, this one, because of nostalgia, ranks a lot higher. And, and I'm willing to freely admit that. So I'd probably give it an eight. You know Anthony? what's funny about that? But a, you're going to be an eight too? I was thinking eight. That's where I was leaning. I don't have, I have a feigned nostalgia. I feel like I should have nostalgia for this. It feels nostalgic. And that covers a, a, a great multitude of, of things that could possibly have been perceived as wrong in this film. I think I'm going to go solid eight. I'm going to go 8.85. Nice. And I'm going to come in at a six. At least a low one. So that gives us an average of 7.617, which puts it at number 21 on our list between Krampus and A Christmas Carol the Musical. And that falls in tier two. Seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. So that's a good place for it. That's fair. Yeah. I am interested to hear and i should have had my kids watch me with this one i'm interested to hear if this one is really loved by kids from the 90s right 80s 90s -hmm. if they connect kind of in the same way tom and i did and anthony even with we don't remember the movie but we remember the time period and it felt familiar enough we got feedback on our social medias if you want to also engage on our social medias we've got a few different places you can do that so you can do that twitter instagram facebook facebook groups or reddit and you can get there pretty easily by just going to tisthepodcast.com backslash insert your social media here um, my favorite social media bit on this one and it made me laugh because i don't it just did, was on Facebook groups. Rebecca Bull, I think, is the one that said she typically is creeped out by parents wishing for their parents to get back together. So she wasn't entirely sure how that would go for her when watching this one. Um, But I'm hopeful that when she does, she will really enjoy this one because I think it was handled well, honestly. Mm -hmm. I liked Rachel Peck's comment. I loved this one as a kid. Haven't seen it in forever. I wonder if it holds up. I'm eager to see what you guys think. Then in parentheses, she put Anthony Winky. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Yurich, Gary Blauman, commented, now this is a movie I haven't seen about in years. Looking forward to the trip down nostalgia lane. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as we did. I have a feeling you did. I have a feeling Matt's going to like this one. I think so, too. I have that same feeling. It's kind of yep. cool that we're starting to get to know some of our listeners well enough that we can predict what their thoughts are going to be about film. I didn't expect that to happen when we started this podcast. I love that they know us so well now. They know they can call us out before we record <laughs> who's going to like a movie and who's not, or who they think is going to like a movie and who's not. And we also got a comment from Kara Oram Green, who wrote, used to love this one, but I have a sinking feeling it doesn't hold up well. Can't wait to listen to find out. Kara, it does hold up well. If you have that 90s, like, nostalgia. Nostalgia for the 90s in general. Yep. You don't even need it for the film. I think that'll be the trick. And, I mean, for those of you that have never interacted with us on the social medias, now you know where to do that, and you can weigh in as well. Check this movie out. We think it's definitely a winner. Um, and you can kind of talk with us about maybe some other 90s sleeper films that we've forgotten about um, that we need to revisit, especially if they're Christmas. Um, if they're not Christmas, though, we do have another place we have content that's not necessarily Christmas. Tom, you want to talk about that? 
I do. We have a Patreon where you can get lots and lots of bonus content and more coming what seems like almost every week. Anthony is a rock star just nailing down these patron bonus episodes for folks. So if you haven't joined yet, join for as little as a dollar a month. You get all of our bonus content. You get some other cool benefits as you donate a little bit more. We want to welcome Kendall Rowe and Robert T. Nickerson to our patron family. Be on the lookout, y'all, for some goodies in your mail. We're excited to have you and look forward to uh, hearing what you think of all the additional content. Yeah, so I may be a rock star. I'm not going to deny that. But our listeners who record these episodes of me are the real rock stars. Jerry is on a lot of them. <laughs> a- Todd Killian of Christmas Clatter. So much April, so that everybody's uh, calling me out on it. <laughs> <laughs> April Riley, who you may, who may have made herself famous for undermining our whole list and ranking system. Sharlyn uh, Lewis, Michelle Kidwell, Michael Crystalman, all of these amazing people. And we do have a Halloween movie coming up every week in October on Patreon, which is exciting. And there might be a fifth one coming out to cover season one of The Haunting of Hill House, which I may be recording with Kendall. And um, we have Hanukkah content coming up later this year, and uh, Thanksgiving content, and more Christmas content. So now... So now's the time to join patreon if you love our bonus if you like the show and want bonus episodes because you're gonna have a plethora of it in from october to december and we know september too tom is has a an lp one coming up right we're recording yeah we're recording about weird christmas lps last week well last week you if you're a patron you had the ability to download the awesome original tis a podcast christmas carol as rick as written and sung by jerry davila and as uh mixed by mike Patton of snow and south down podcast also dropped last week by the time you listen to this a christmas movie commentary on the live action dr seuss's how the grinch stole christmas in which anthony got piled on by tom and president hot dog and gary blauman and jerry davila and charlene lewis and anyone else who might have been on that episode so chris and chris of christmas time in the city julia has said her piece and is ready to move on from that movie <laughs> she's, the she's the smartest one of us to not protect yourself to and watch it good again. <laughs> Another gold star for Julia. That's two for the night, Julia. Oh, brother. Do you have the question of the week from last week? No, of course I don't. I don't even remember having a question of the week. So, guys, it is time for one of our favorite segments the question of the week. So, last week, Reddit listener will watch Buddy posed the mm. following question to us If you could move Christmas, to any other month of the year, where would you move it to? Would you keep it in the cold winter months or move it to the hot summer months? Personally, I would move it to January because usually January is quite depressing time of the year and I feel like that brings some joy to it. However, January might only be depressing because it's no longer Christmas. Another reason I think I would like to move Christmas to one month later is so that the buildup can be longer at the time after Thanksgiving. Although the buildup may become shorter because of New Year's, so I'm not too sure. 
And President Hot Dog answered, I'd like to move it to February just because it's a much needed day off and a pretty miserable time of the year. Yeah, so I actually do remember this one, even though I didn't prepare, but it's because last week when we first posed it, I had my answer already. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm a mixture of hot dog and we'll watch it, buddy, because it is the doldrums, right? January and February. And while it is because it's after Christmas, I agree more with the buildup would be longer. And I mean, we would totally maximize that buildup. Those are all of us on the podcast here talking like we wouldn't be decorating any later than we would in a normal year where Christmas is in December. We would take every advantage to just have it up longer and, you know, maybe make our Advent season even longer and really stretch the family time out. And um, New Year's is not a thing in my house, really. So I wouldn't miss it. <laughs> we just blow right past it. <laughs> what about y'all? Huh. No. Yeah, I don't think I've ever thought about moving it. I wouldn't move it. I like oh. to wear it is right after Thanksgiving before New Year's. I don't. I feel like it would just be weird in January. If I had to move it, I would agree with President Hot Dog. February is probably, despite being the shortest month of the year, one of the longest months of the year. So uh, I'd probably move it there if I had a gun to my head, but I would uh, keep it in December, ideally. If I had a gun to my head, my first question would be, why did you put a gun to my head about this question? That seems like a really trivial thing to bring, <laughs> bring the heat for. Um, so hopefully throw him off a little bit with that and just say, no, Christmas is where it needs to be. I say sixteen to 1,700 years of, of Christian history has, has gotten it right, and I'm, I'm not going to mess with that. Yep, I agree. For people who are saying that the buildup is longer, just decorate in October, y'all. You can have the buildup as long as you want. It's Christmas whenever you say it is. If you if it's your house. Well, which culture start decorate starts decorating in September? Did we learn? The Philippines start listening to Christmas music in early September. Yeah, so early you might as well decorate early September. They are a strongly Catholic country, and they start listening to Christmas music the earliest, according to Spotify. We do have a question for next week. Well, first, I'm curious to see what our listeners have to say about this question but we also have another question to ponder in the next week posed to us by president hot dog and he wrote well first of all he would like to second the recommendation i made to y'all in our anniversary episode of watching trick-or-treat for halloween thank you for agreeing with that president hot dog two his question of the week anthony mentioned doing a double feature i think of Krampus and Anna and the Apocalypse. What other Christmas double features are you doing this year? I would just like to correct that. I did not say that, although that would make a really good double feature, and I think I may do that. <laughs> I said Christmas Vacation and the Ref. But uh, hey, Krampus and Anna and the Apocalypse sounds like a really good double feature. So That's a good one. I dig it. I dig it. But but uh, yeah, so we'll think about that over the course of the week to see if we can come up with other double features as well. And I'm curious to see Please what double features... Well, it's not an empty promise on my behalf. You said you said a collective we though, and we we all know that's not going to be the case. True. Anyway, I <laughs> <laughs> I am curious to see what our listeners recommend. Jerry, since you're on the show this week and won't be next week, what would do you a double feature? What double feature would you recommend for a live watch? I'm a sucker for Christmas Vacation and Home Alone. It's magical mm -hmm. duo. I like that combo. Yeah, it's a good one. I I want to add something to the bingo. I want to have the annoyed, angry segue that we just had. 
because I feel like we get, I feel like I get those a couple times an episode, and, and that would help people get a bingo. <laughs> so do you have next week's? I do have next week's. So if you want to work ahead, you can watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang that we will be covering next week. One of those, is it a Christmas movie movies? And then the week after that, I'm really excited about, we're covering Ernest Saves Christmas. Speaking of 80s, 90s films, for those of us on <laughs> on the recording tonight that happen to like those. I think it's important um, to note next week's movie is our first September movie, our first Burr Month movie. That's a milestone. I'm ready. So, Jerry, thank you so much for joining us. It is always fun to have you. If you have not checked out Totally Rad Christmas yet, you are seriously missing out. I don't want to sound partial here, but this last week's episode covering the awesome Tara Lear's Christmas albums was a hit and a win. <laughs> it was way out of the park. Jerry did such an awesome job of bringing research into a discussion we had about he, relatively obscure musical tradition, Americana musical tradition. Jerry is never under-researched, and there's never questionable humor or language on his show. I do try my best to keep it clean, yeah. You do. You do a <laughs> great also, job. Also, we don't ever have language except when, when Tom forgets to cut it out. <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would also like to point out, Tom, and rebut you, that people are not missing out if they don't listen to Jerry's podcast because they can hear Jerry on every single Christmas <laughs> podcast like five times on everybody's <laughs> I think but I'm I already think on just... Danny's new one. I think I've already made an appearance. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> but that just speaks to the general awesomeness that is Jerry D. That's totally 100% true. He oh, is shucks. the nicest guy. But Jerry, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. You're always a delight. Well, thanks for Seriously. having me. It's always fun talking to you guys. Oh. On the day this drops, we are looking at only having to wait 168,480 minutes, which sounds awful. So, Anthony, how about hours? That's only 2,808 hours. That is only 117 days. Wow, that's like 16 weeks, y'all. That's four We're months. Getting there. Four months. You're getting there. Crazy. That's crazy. Go crazy. All right. Y'all do your homework. Bye, everybody. Thanks again, Jerry. Bye, y'all.